Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared your favorite episode of the podcast or one of your favorites or one of the primary lessons you have learned. If you missed it, we just released episode 600 a couple of days ago, and I'm all about celebrating, celebrating milestones, big and small, celebrating non-milestones. That is just how we roll in my family, and I shared a few different giveaways that we are going to be doing One person is going to get free entrance into the summer 12 weeks to transformation as well as a free pass to breaking barriers. And somebody else is going to get some of our sponsored stuff. So a Thrive Market gift card, a Fabletics gift card, classy glasses, that sort of stuff, which would be super exciting. Classy glasses is not a sponsor, but just a product that I love, those blue blocker glasses that I love. And somebody else is going to get a supplement prize pack, some of the supplements I personally love and use. And some of you know this about Sarah. Some of you don't know this. If you haven't met Sarah yet, she is now on the Primal Potential team. She does the Saturday Q&A episodes with me. She also has a company of her own called Sea Sold. She makes the most beautiful hand-painted signs. She made one for me that says Travel Light. And after we recorded episode 600, she said, what do you think if I give away one of my signs too? And I was like, "Uh, absolutely. That would be amazing. So That's got tossed into the mix as well. We are going to be announcing the winners on May 25th here on the podcast. If you want to win or if you just want to celebrate and show some love and you don't really care about the prizes, either way, I would love for you to tag me. If you're on Instagram, tag at Elizabeth Benton. If you're on Facebook, tag Primal Potential Podcast. That's the Primal Potential page there on Facebook. And let me know, share with the world one of your favorite episodes or one of the primary lessons you've learned from the podcast. That gives you a chance to win. There are also other ways to win. You can head over to the show notes to learn more about that. You can go to the show notes for Saturday's episode, episode 600, or today's, which is primalpotential.com forward slash 601. And if you're like, eh, I'm not the sharing type or I'm not the social media type, I hear you. I feel you. I get it completely. If you want to leave a rating and review of the show, that would be a huge help. That's something you can do without drawing any attention to yourself, especially if you listen in iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. If you would leave a rating and review, that would be such a great way to celebrate the show and keep us growing strong, going strong, growing strong, all of the above. Okay. Today's episode, 
A lot of people have been asking about um, my own affirmations and my own process of creating change. Because many of you know that much of my life has been pretty dark um, and depressing. And I struggled with obesity just until the last few years and depression in a massive way that I think I only came to understand the severity of it when I came out of it because when I was in it, it just seemed to be the way life was. But I've been sharing my affirmations uh, when you are on the wait list for the summer 12 weeks to transformation. I share my current affirmations as well as uh, episodes where I go more deeply into what they mean and how to practice them. And so that has triggered a lot of questions about, you know, how did you, how did you decide to change the messages you were giving yourself, to start to think differently. In episode 599, we talked about how change happens from the inside out. And I explained why that is, if you're not quite sure what that means. Definitely listen to episode 599. But a lot of people were like, okay, I get it. But when you're in the pain, how can you even see clearly to another way? There tends to be this sense that the dark moments just all of a sudden are behind you. Or for me, it's now easy because I've come out so far from those dark places. But it's not always easy. In fact, today I'm going to share with you some of those dark, hard things from my past that I am still working to choose my way out of that I have transformed in so many ways and am still transforming in so many ways. It was interesting, right before I hit record, I was checking Instagram and a couple of days ago, I had liked a post that said, your ability to heal comes from knowing that you will heal. I saw it, I liked it, and then somebody actually tagged me in a comment asking me a question about it. So the quote said, Your ability to heal comes from knowing that you will heal. And someone asked, so do we need to heal before we transform? Or is transformation healing? Like what's the order of operations here? And while I will be the first one to say, I don't think there's just one way. I think everybody's journey can and will be a little bit different. But to me, it's not first, second. It's not an order of operations thing. It's always both, right? It's always both healing and transformation. And and sometimes they're happening at the same time. And sometimes one happens and feeds into the other and then it reverses. Action can create healing. Healing can create action. Healing opens us up for more transformation. It's both and it's always It's always happening. You never get to this level where your work is done. And I think that's great because that would be really boring. There's always another level. There's always another level. And I've been drawn to the phrase, no mud, no lotus. Not only because, uh, well, most of my life has been kind of the mud, the struggle, the darkness. And most of it was inside me. Because outside me, you know, I, I was in a middle-class family in New England, right? I mean, certainly wasn't as dark as things could have been by a long shot. I was privileged in a lot of ways. 
But inside me, it was dark and it was isolated and, and most of my life was the mud. But this idea, no mud, no lotus, reminds me that part of our ability to appreciate the good things in life can only come from having experienced the bad things. Because if life has never been hard, if there's never been struggle, then the highs don't feel as significant because there's no contrast. If you lived your entire life on a mountain peak, it would just be the way things are. You wouldn't have a deep appreciation for the view because it was all you knew. But when you climb from the bottom and you get to the top, you have such a deep appreciation for how different things are. And I remind myself of that even now as there are areas now that I am still really working to grow through as I go through, that it is the struggle that makes change so much more special and so much more valuable. So if you are somebody who wants to create change in any area of your life, if there are things that feel like a struggle, if you feel like you're at a sticking point, pain point, you're trying to break through, I want to share my experience with some of the things that started as a struggle years and years and years ago, decades ago even, and I continue to grow through. Because for all of us, we do not have to stay in the struggle. Every single moment is an opportunity to move just a tiny bit further, a tiny bit out of the struggle and into the light, a tiny bit out of the mud and towards the lotus. One of the areas that started as a pain point before even my earliest memories that I am still working to grow through is freeing myself from what other people think. And we've talked a lot about judgment on the show and we've talked a lot about assumption. But today I want to share how I've grown thus far and what I am doing to continue growing in this area as well as a few other areas. But freeing myself from what other people think. I remember being, oh gosh, probably before even first grade, there was this little game that we would play in the spring and the summer. I don't know if you guys have buttercups, the little yellow flower where you live, but we would pick a buttercup and the, the flower is bright yellow and it's shaped like a cup. And what we would say, what we said growing up was that if you hold this little yellow flower under your chin, and it reflects yellow up onto your chin, then you like butter. And if you hold the flower under your chin and it doesn't reflect this yellow light onto your chin, then you don't like butter. And we had buttercups in the neighborhood growing up and the neighborhood kids that I played with picked the flower and, and I would never want them to put it under my chin. And on the few times that they did, they would say, growing up, everybody called me Betsy. They would say, Betsy, Betsy, you like butter. And I remember getting so mad and saying, I've never even had butter, which of course wasn't true. But in my mind, I had already created this story that if they thought I liked butter, that was the reason that I was overweight and I didn't want them to have any evidence for it. Even though I actually was overweight, right? I didn't want them to have any evidence. And so when they started pulling up the buttercups, I would, I would run away. 
I would run away. It, it wasn't even just friends. It was in my own house. I've shared this before. I shared it in Chasing Cupcakes. My mom would check my weight every morning before school because she was concerned, right? It was coming from a great place. And I knew that we would have to do this before we would leave for school and on many, many, many occasions, I would either spit into a cup over and over and over and over or cut my hair or a million other different things so that I would potentially weigh less. But here's the crazy part. I wasn't doing that because I wanted to weigh less because I thought I would look different when I went to school if I weighed a pound less. I wasn't doing it because of what I wanted. I was doing it because of what my mom would think. It wasn't about my weight for me. It was about my weight for my mom because she would be disappointed if the number wasn't lower or, God forbid, if it had gone up, which it usually had. And as I got older, I tormented myself over what I would wear, my outfit, because I thought that this would make me look a little thinner than this. And thin, that's just such a funny word because at the time I was like over 300 pounds, right? So it wasn't like magically I put on these pants and I looked like I was a size four. Yeah, no. But I thought that certain things would make me look bigger versus smaller when in reality to the other person, it made no difference at all. If I thought that they were going to go from judging me for my weight if I wore those pants, but not judging me for my weight if I wore these pants, it's just totally crazy. And yet I would get so worked up by it that oftentimes I just wouldn't go out at all. And if I did, I would be so hyper-conscious of the way I was standing or the way I was sitting as if that would be the difference maker in what they thought about me. And in addition to that making me deeply unhappy, it also kept me at a distance from people because I never was willing to just be myself. I was always trying to present myself in a way that would result in less judgment. And I can laugh at myself about it now if I'm thinking, well, what's more slimming? I mean, I might notice a slight difference, but if I'm doing it for the benefit of anybody else, I am a looney tune if I think that they, some other person, is going to notice a significant difference based on the pants I wear or the shirt that I wear. I'm the only one that's going to notice a difference. It's still the same legs, whether I wear the jeans or the black pants. It's still the same arms, whether I'm covering them with sleeves or I'm not. It's still the same size, munchkin. I tell myself that all the time, like, because I turn it into humor now, like, same body, same body. You might like an outfit different, right? You might, I might look better in blue than I do in pink, for sure, no question, but thinking that people are going to see or perceive my size differently based on an outfit, I just, it's still the same size, Munchkin. Still the same size. And, and this is not just with clothes, right? With food, too. Noticing the narrative, oh, well, I shouldn't have sweet potato fries at dinner. I should really cut back because I'm going to see my whole family on Sunday. Uh, my face is still going to look the same. 
my hips are still going to look the same. My arms, my waist, my legs, everything is going to still look the same to them whether I have the sweet potato fries or if I don't. This is what goes back to the story you tell yourself really drives your choices. Here's, here, let me give you an example. I could use the same exact choice. Let's use sweet potato fries. And based on my story, give it two dramatically different meanings. So on one day, I could say, oh, no, 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 no sweet potato fries because, you know, day after tomorrow, you're going to see your whole family and you don't want to be like puffy or bloated or whatever. Like it's like they're going to notice any difference. But then on another day, I could use the same exact situation, the sweet potato fries, and tell myself, oh, seriously, this doesn't even matter. This doesn't move the needle at all. And make choices differently based on the story. So when I'm saying like, oh, yeah, no, you're going to see your family on Sunday, so skip the sweet potato fries, I would skip the sweet potato fries. But in a different frame of mind saying, oh, seriously, this doesn't even matter. It won't even move the needle. It's sweet potato fries one day and then eat them. Which proves the whole point that our narrative matters so much. This is exactly what I go into in episode 599 about how change happens from the inside out, not from the outside in. Because the story you tell yourself drives your choices. And when you change the story, you change your choices. Here's what I want everybody to get on the same page about with regards to insecurity or fear of judgment and making decisions based on what other people might think. Go back to that idea, no mud, no lotus. Every single one of those moments where you are thinking through what other people might be thinking or might think later on is a chance to change the story. And here's how I do it, because this is, this is a narrative I still notice in myself. I change it from, well, what will they think of how I look in this? Trying to present myself for their approval to, well, how can I present myself for my own approval? What do I think? And this is not just about what I wear, but also my food choices. From what will somebody else think Funny story. This just happened the other day. I was taking my puppy out and I ran into somebody who was getting out of their car and going to their house and they had uh, their hands full with a couple of packages and on top of one of the packages was an ice cream sundae. And it looked amazing, right? And in that moment, I could tell that they wished I hadn't seen it because immediately came the story of like, oh, you know, I haven't really eaten much today. This is my guilty pleasure. Like, backpedal, wish I hadn't seen that. It wasn't for anybody else to see. And in that moment, it was more about what I thought of that choice than what they thought of that choice. Because if it's about what they thought of that choice, I love this ice cream and I can't wait to get inside and eat it, you know? Instead of trying to present yourself for the approval of others, which is crazy making, how can you present yourself for your own approval? What do I think of this choice? Am I proud of this? And if not, what am I going to do about it? If I don't feel good, what am I going to do to facilitate feeling good, feeling better? Personally, 
The reason that I am still so deeply committed to this as a practice, no matter how long it takes, even if I'm working on this for the rest of my life, because it is getting better, without question, it is infinitely better than it used to be, which excites me about how much infinitely better it can be a year from now, right? I refuse to hold myself captive by the opinions of others. I created for myself, for most of my life, this small, 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 small box where I was literally caged in by what I was afraid other people might think. Oh, well, I can't wear a bathing suit because of what they might think of that. Or, oh, I don't want to wear a sleeveless shirt because of, oh, what they might think about that. Oh, I can't order dessert at dinner because, you know, then they'll look at me and say, you shouldn't be having dessert. And literally every way I turned, I was blockaded by what I thought somebody else might think. Well, what a small experience of life. What a limited reality. And I just refused to cage myself in and corner myself by the assumed opinions of others. It really doesn't matter to me whether they are true or whether they are entirely invented. I don't want to live that way. I refuse to live that way. And so I practice breaking the box, which means when I come up against what I perceive to be a judgment of somebody else, oh gosh, well, should I wear shorts? Because, you know, so-and-so might judge my legs or whatever. That is my opportunity to break that box. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Just for the experience of stepping outside that box. Practice breaking the box. Recognize when you are limiting your options based on the opinions of others and practice breaking the box. I cannot control what other people think of me and I can invent I can invent a million possible scenarios of what they might think and I just don't want to live limited by the opinions of others because A it would suck but B there are always going to be people who think I'm eating too much or not eating enough. There are always going to be people who think I'm too big who think I'm too small. There are always going to be people who think I should, you know, lighten up and release the reins and indulge more often and people who think I indulge too frequently. Whether I'm 130 pounds or 330 pounds, people are going to have an opinion. And I don't want to live that kind of small life where that is my priority. So I am looking to satisfy myself, to be okay with myself and to free myself from limiting my options based on what other people might And every single moment of insecurity or considering what other people's opinions might be is an opportunity to practice that. One of the questions I ask myself to really move the needle and move forward in my progression of this practice is what can I release? What can I let go of? What have I been worried about that I can just choose in this moment to release? And I might have to make that choice a hundred more times, but still in this moment I can say, not my worry. Not my worry. I was in California a couple weeks ago and I had been at a meeting all day long and then we were going out to dinner and I was carrying a handbag and there was something about the handbag, I don't know what was on the strap, but it like stained my, my white shirt. So I wanted to go back to my hotel room to change And I hadn't anticipated changing, and it was a really quick, just one-day trip, so I didn't have a lot of clothes in my suitcase. But I had this bright white sweatshirt with a rainbow on it that I think is really adorable, though maybe questionably not going out to dinner 
wear when you're, you know, with executives in California. Well, I put it on and I said to my girlfriend, do I look like a Care Bear? Like, are people going to think this is a little too casual and and kid-like? Because I was in red pants and this bright white sweatshirt with a rainbow on it. And uh, she was like, I think you look really huggable. And then I thought to myself, this is an opportunity to break the box. Do I like it? Am I comfortable? Do I feel good in it? That's all that matters. I love this sweatshirt and I'm totally okay with looking like a Care Bear. Let's go to dinner. And I just in that moment decided I'm going to release this notion of what other people might think of my outfit in this moment. And I had to release it several times as we walked out of the room and down to the lobby to catch our Uber because I could, should I wear this? Should I not? Should I just go back upstairs and change? I can release this. I like it. I feel good. This is an opportunity to break the box. I'm going to Bermuda in a couple of weeks and I know there will be opportunities to break the box in those moments. Whether it's food choices, alcohol choices, clothing choices, perspective and mindset choices, interaction choices, I'm going to be looking for opportunities to break the box in that scenario. Food-wise, right? What can I release? I will never forget. It was such a such a moment of practice and awareness. I Every... Well, a couple times a year, sometimes a few times a year, I get together with folks in the Master's Club, the Primal Potential Master's Club. And uh, one of our first get-togethers, actually our first get-together, was uh, over a year ago in Indianapolis. And on the last day, we went out to lunch and we were all kind of in line ordering our food. And I got to the table, I had ordered, I think, a salad and a side of roasted veggies. And one of my other girlfriends ordered the same thing, a salad and a side of veggies. And then another uh, girl came to the table and she had a salad and she looked at our side of veggies and she said, oh, I wanted to get the side of veggies, but I thought that everybody would think it was like too much food. I was worried that I would be the only one who had ordered something else. An opportunity to break the box. Am I making a choice based on what others might think of me? That is your opportunity. What do you want? What makes you feel good? What would you do if you were all by yourself and there was not another human being on earth? Do that thing. Break the box. There's another thing that comes from my pain, my past, the mud before the lotus that I am still working to release and rewrite so that I can move to the next level. And that is letting go of the story of the past. Letting it go. Not saying it didn't exist. It was there. But no longer using it as a story or a reason or a justification for a choice I make now. Because the fact of the matter is, I am not chained to the past. I am free in this moment to make whatever decision I so choose, and I don't want to carry those things with me and let them influence my decisions now, my thoughts now. It doesn't matter how long this pattern has been in my life because I am free in this moment to choose whatever the heck I want. The practice that I go through every single day is not arguing for how things have been and the why and the story behind it so that I can free myself from those things and see and know that I am standing in nothing but potential. 
Are your hands so full of the past and the problem that you can't grab the potential of the moment you are in? One of the areas where I notice this, and and I'm sure there are many, many, many of them, but one of the areas I notice this is in uh, the way that my weight impacts my romantic relationships. I don't know why I used plural. There's only one at present. Uh, the boyfriend who lives with me, that's that's all there is right now. But I used to tell myself, well, my weight has always been a thing. My weight has always been a thing. Or I've always been worried about like what my significant other thinks of my body or thinks of my size or, you know, having this narrative in the past, if I'm sitting on the couch like, oh, well, do I look bigger sitting like this than like sitting like this? Or oh, should I should I put sweatpants on instead of, you know, sitting here in shorts? Or, you know, is he like disgusted by the way my ankles look? All this story. And it doesn't matter how long that was a thing, whether 200 years or two minutes. It doesn't have to be one now. I am free to release that, to not carry that story. I recognize myself inventing stories that come from that past, right? Totally inventing that in any given moment, my boyfriend is either judging my body or uncomfortable with my body. And it's just a story. I made it up. There was nothing that happened that made me think that other than carrying forward this past pattern that I I don't have to bring with me, that I want to let go completely. How do I feel about my body in this moment? It's usually a projection of that. So like, let's get real and not make it about somebody else. This is about me and how I feel. And if I don't like it, what am I going to do about it? And if I'm not going to do anything in that moment, loving what is, as Byron Katie says, like, it's just cool right now because I'm not going to get up and like go do some, you know, go to the CrossFit box or, you know, if I were actively sitting there eating pizza and ice cream and hating my body, like, okay, put the pizza and the ice cream down, kiddo. But if it's just me and him sitting there and I'm in my head about insecurities and past patterns, let it go. I am free in this moment to decide that my body's just not a thing, that it's all good, that I can proudly and confidently take up this space in this moment. And side note, I do believe that confidence is super sexy and it is a choice. Confidence is not some level you arrive at, some thing that you haven't grasped. It is a choice you make. It is a way you show up in this moment, whether it feels natural or not. And I'm not worried about if and when that will ever be the default. I just choose it in this moment. Which is the next thing that I'm always working to rewrite, to recreate after a lot of mud in the past. And that is being drama free. I shudder to think about the negativity that I brought to myself that I fostered with my attention. The way that I would beat myself up in my own thoughts. What is wrong with me? I'm disgusting. I'm weak. I have no motivation. And it goes beyond the awareness that I would never talk to somebody else that way, right? Like it it goes beyond if you wouldn't say those things to your best friend, don't say them to yourself. Like that one's obvious. But what I think I overlooked for so long is not only would it be mean to talk to somebody else that way, more importantly to me, because I'm a results girl, 
it would be wildly ineffective. Do I think for one second that my friend who doesn't like her weight problem, her weight issue, the fact that she's overweight and considers it a problem, do I think that it would be effective to go into her closet every morning and be like, you're disgusting, you're gross, ugh, no, that would not get us where we want to go and therefore, why am I going to do that with myself? It would be ineffective. It would contribute to and likely exacerbate the problem. So here's the thing. We just have to choose in that moment to be drama-free. Instead of fueling the problem with negative emotion, get really objective. Like if this were a business, if this was a challenge in business, what would be the solution? We wouldn't sit there and be like, oh my gosh, this is awful. We're a mess. What a disaster. We'd be like, okay, what do we do about it? Drama-free and eyes wide open. What do I want? What do I do about it? Am I doing it? Learning and adjusting from those feelings. Okay, so this is something I don't like. I don't have to be dramatic about it. What is the solution? It doesn't mean that we just accept what is and take it. No, you have the power to change it, but change doesn't come when you give all of your energy and emotion to the drama. And the ways that I'm practicing this a lot now often have to do with with work and with money and with worry and with fear. Okay, I don't have to like this right now, so what am I going to do about it? Because the drama is not solution-based, it's problem-based. The last one that I want to chat about today is this shift from a lack perspective to an abundance perspective. And it's really funny. I was thinking about like lack and how this would show up in my life. And the first thing I thought of was all the hundreds of times I went out to dinner with my former husband and I really love Mexican food. There was one really close to our house that we both enjoyed. So we'd go out for Mexican food. They'd bring out the basket of chips and he would he would go to town, right? He would just start plowing through those chips and I would get mad. I didn't I usually didn't say anything. Every once in a while I'd make a snarky comment, but more often than not I wouldn't say anything. And it was this weird split between on the one hand the more he eats the less there are for me. Like, he's going to eat this whole basket. And it came from this sense of, like, I'm not going to get what I want, but also judging him. Even though every bit of judgment was about me and not about him. Because, I mean, I was over 300 pounds. I was binging on a regular basis. Eating a basket of tortilla chips at a Mexican restaurant was like nothing for me and my overeating. But I was seeing something in him eating when you weren't necessarily like needing the fuel because his dinner was about to come. I was seeing something in him that I didn't like in myself. And everything in my mind was about lack and the problem and not enough. If you have more, I have less. If I don't like this in me, it repulses me in you. And while it doesn't show up in food, like, please eat whatever in front of me. 
somebody was with me the other day and they ordered a drink and they were like, I feel so bad drinking when you're not. And I'm like, don't. What you drink has nothing to do with me. But what I practice now is focusing on what I do want. On the fact that, you know, if if I notice that thought of like, oh, they're going to have all of the, or let's say I make, I make very common, I make dinner and my boyfriend goes to make a plate and I'm super excited about the broccoli and he takes a ton and I'm like, in my mind, I leave some for me. Well, we know where to get more broccoli. It's really not a problem, you know, like we, we know where to get more. It's fine. Even if it's not today, it can be tomorrow coming at it from an abundance standpoint, where I really practice this, I talked about in episode 577 about money, we can create solutions. So we do not need to fear lack. If you fear lack of time, there are things you can cut out to create more bandwidth in your life. If you fear that somebody having, you know, the cookies in the break room means that when you go in there, there won't be more, well, there's not a shortage of cookies. You can get more. It's fine. If you're the kind of person that they order pizza and everybody goes and grabs one and you're thinking in your mind, is there going to be one for me? You know where to get more pizza. Even if it's not today, you can go get it tomorrow. It's all right. Choosing to have a perspective of I know how to get more. I know how to get more money. I know how to get more food. I know how to get more results. I know how to get more time. There is enough. One of the things I say, oh, Sarah's probably heard me say this a hundred times, when I start to feel like there's not enough time, I literally tell myself, there's enough time. There's enough time for the things that matter. There's always enough time. There's always enough time. I can change something. I can move something on my priority list. I had to send an email this week to say that I was no longer doing something that I had been doing because I just wanted that time back. Moving from a perspective of lack to a perspective of abundance. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you do have. I asked my master's club the other day, what is it that you want that you already have? And I want to ask you that. What is it that you want that you already have? Maybe your relationship. Maybe your health. Maybe your mind. A strong mind possibility for the future? What is it that you want that you already have? And I would challenge you to ask yourself, what is it that you want that you don't have? And what can you do about it today? What is it that you want that you don't have? And what can you do about it today? I love taking a few minutes out of my day to say what's possible. If everything is possible, what would I want? And then what can I do about it? And not filtering myself based on what's realistic or what I have time for. If everything was an option, what would I want for my life? And what can I do or not do today to bring that about? All of these things are opportunities to practice. And I want to go back to what I started with, which was that post on Instagram that I had liked and somebody asked me about it that said, your ability to heal comes from knowing that you will heal. And someone asked me, do we need to heal before we transform? And I replied, it's not either or, it's both. What can you do today to release the past? What will you do today 
to take a step towards the person you want to be, the version of you you want to be, whether that means financially, in your career, with your food choices, with your own thoughts, in your relationships. You are not bound by the past. Do not continue to limit yourself based on other people's thoughts, other people's judgments. Are you okay with what you're doing? And if you're not, what will you change? What will you change? And do not forget about these giveaways we have going on to celebrate 600 episodes. You've just got to share Share either an episode that you loved or a big takeaway moment you've had from the podcast. Tag me on Instagram if you share it there, at Elizabeth Benton. If you share it on Facebook, make sure to tag the page, Primal Potential Podcast. All of that is written out in the show notes for today's episode as well as episode 600. And if you're like, I want to do this work, but I need a little more guidance and I need a little bit more structure because it sounds good, but but I'm not quite sure how to apply it. You might be really interested in the 12 Weeks to Transformation, and you can learn more about it, how it works, what's included, who it's for, who it's not for, the financial investment, when our next one starts, payment options, all of that stuff, by going to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. And when you get on the wait list for the summer 12 Weeks to Transformation, that's when you get the email that includes my current affirmations as well as episode links where I've uh, dove a little bit more deeply into those affirmations. So primalpotential.com forward slash transform to learn more about the 12 Weeks to Transformation. If you feel like I'm ready or I'm on my way, but I need some more structure and coaching, that might be a really great opportunity for us to work together to make that happen. No matter how dark the past, no matter how much mud you are in or have been in, it is an opportunity. It is a gift that will help you appreciate the bright moments that you can begin choosing right now even more. And every choice is a chance. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.